Welcome to our Anchored Daily Podcast. As we prepare our hearts and minds to celebrate the birth of Jesus, we'll be learning from Messianic prophecies, the gospel accounts of Jesus' birth, and the themes of Advent. Hello, this is James. I'm the Richland Next Gen Director. I I grew up fearing the book of Revelation. Like, I literally had nightmares after watching the movie Left Behind. I thought the book was confusing and scary, and I tried to avoid it. But in studying Revelation in the last couple years, I've started to see I read this book all wrong. And here's what I'm convinced of. If you read this book and don't walk away encouraged and filled with hope, you read it wrong. So often in our attempts to understand every intricate detail and number and image, we lose sight that this is a book of hope. When we read it, we should slow down, enjoy the imagery and drama and completely mind-blowing kingdom of Christ. So my hope is that this book would stir your imagination and affections upwards. For today, we're reading out of Revelation chapter 5. And Revelation chapter 5 is the foundation for the following 17 chapters of Revelation. Everything we read about that happens in the heavens and earth is rooted in this chapter. It is the foundation for understanding this book. If you read this whole chapter, you see we get this peek into the heavens and there is a scroll with seven seals. And there's a lot of debate over what the scroll contains. We won't get into all that here. Just know it's of utmost importance to the world. And an angel proclaims in Revelation chapter 5, verse 2 in the ESV, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one is found. And John, who's having this vision, breaks down and cries because there is no one worthy. In all of heaven or earth or under the earth, no one is strong enough or powerful enough or pure or righteous or good enough to open the scroll. No one can master its seals or handle the burden and weight of the scroll's context. And then in verse 5, an elder says, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. Now, because you've read this chapter, you probably know what happens next. But pretend you don't. What image do you imagine shows up? If someone were to tell you, don't worry, because there's a mighty lion who will protect us, who will save us. Well, you would imagine to see a lion. Like Genesis to Revelation, the lion has been a symbol of might and strength and power. So if an elder says, don't worry, the mighty one, the lion is here, you would expect a mighty lion. Instead, this is the drama of God's kingdom and it unfolds before John's eyes. And what appears is not a mighty roaring lion with fangs and claws and strength. But verse six says, I saw standing a lamb as though it had been slain. I'm sorry. I thought we were getting a lion and instead we get a lamb. And not only that, but a dead lamb, like a killed slain lamb. How is the symbol of a dead lamb stronger than a roaring lion? And this is the wonder of the kingdom of God that Christ has shown us his mighty power and glory, not through sheer destruction of his enemies, but through giving of his own life 
he could show up as a lion, but instead chooses to show up as a spotless, slain lamb. You see, the way Jesus goes about victory is so different from how we often view it. Victory is gained through suffering, humility, through self-sacrifice. The image of a lamb is helpless. It's got no claws or fangs or might, especially not one that has been killed. And yet this is exactly how Jesus fights his battles. Through the book of Revelation, we read again and again the lion, and it's actually the lamb, the lamb of God. And his kingdom of grace and humility is on display in this book and every other book in Scripture. But perhaps the most challenging thing in Revelation 5 is when we read about these different beings in the presence of the Lamb, elders and rulers who bow down and sing and profess the worthiness of Christ. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. To him be honor and glory forever. It's this challenge. Is that how we approach God? They show us the appropriate response to the Lamb, that our lives should be bowed down and lived in honor and profession of the slain Lamb, that our lives are marked not through might and power and getting our way, but if we are truly following the slain Lamb, then our lives are marked by humility, kindness, and even self-sacrifice, that as Christ has loved us, we ought to love others. So let me leave you with this and hopefully encourage you with the truth that the lion, the lamb, has been slain in our place. He is worthy of our affections and conquers our enemies, conquers his enemies, enemies like you and I once lived in rebellion, but through his own death and his own resurrection took our punishment so that we could enter into his joy. We praise him for his incredibly strange way of gaining victory. May this chapter and this book bring you hope as we head into this next season. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you drop a like and subscribe so you are always up to date on the latest podcast. And don't forget to go to Bethel.ch to check out all the amazing opportunities here at Bethel Church.